The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Darren Fessler is joining us today with Lakefront Futures. And we look at the markets, not a lot of... uh, oomph within the trade to wrap up a Friday. We did see some positive numbers at the close, but not nothing compared to what we'd seen earlier in the week. Yeah, I mean, corn was down uh, probably 95% of the session today uh, and really tried to rally back at the end of the session, was able to settle higher on the front months. May was up one at 361 in July and some of those summer months were up three quarters at 369 and a half. The new crop was able to finish up about a half at 389 and it's, uh, it's one of those things that keep Keep answering questions from a lot of producers. Well, you know, with all the forecast and uh, the way the maps look, uh, and and the lack of progress being made, uh, when is the market going to start to realize, hey, we're not going to be on on track for the same planning as we did last year, or even historically? And you know, to me, you gotta, I think you gotta look at the the entire picture, and I think the funds that uh, they're looking at, you know. More, more supply than what had been previously thought before that quarterly stocks number. And you got a trade war that's never ending, it seems like. And you have bearer supplies in both the beans and the, and the wheat. And it's, it's making it difficult for any of these grains really to rally. You know, and maybe, maybe we do get a scare in this market, you know, for a couple of weeks. Um, but really, I, I'm, I'm still in the camp at this juncture. Well, on any type of rally or any type of shortcoming rally, I think producers need to reward that. Well, that's, I think the question, as we look to planting, we're not moving the planters right now. So I think producers don't have a lot of time to kind of fester, shall we say, and, and think about what's happening in the markets. And many, and you brought it up before we started this, when are we going to see a corn rally and is it anytime soon? Yeah, it's, you know, we really, from a technical standpoint, we really, we really need to start closing above. You know, some of the five and nine day moving averages, obviously, to move higher towards the 20s and the 50s. But, you know, I think it's going to have to be come down to a weather issue. Now, when did that happen? I think that's I think that's anyone's guess. I mean, obviously, obviously, the boat is leaning very bearish. And from a fund standpoint, I mean, they probably have a right to be this short. The demand side of the picture is not very good. Um, The flooding that has happened across Nebraska over the recent weeks um, has really slowed down the ethanol pace. Um, that in itself is not really that bullish corn. So, I mean, you look at just the demand picture in itself, um, we're, we're not even close to what we were last year on any of this stuff. And I think that that is weighing um, or continues to favor the funds' positions. Now, funds are near or at record shorts in a lot of these contracts, and I don't see that, that changing right now until we start getting, you know, maybe in the back half of April when there's, if we're sitting here two weeks from today and we're still at the, the field work pace that we're on or very little planting has been made, then I think you start to wake up this market a little bit. But I still think right now we're not at a panic mode, even though some producers are really kind of biting their nails. When can I get out there? I need to get out there. I got too much work to get done. Planners got to roll. There's a lot. I mean, there there's a lot in that camp, and it's not just Nebraska. It's all across the country. Even the Dakotas, Minnesota. I have customers in Minnesota don't, still don't have power. It's two days now. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of field work has to be done, 
but I just don't think it's right now you're not going to panic them, you panic the market. You're not going to get the market scared right now. I think that this is something that's going to develop over the next couple of weeks. And so right now we're in a weather market. There's no question about it. But it's it, the, we're not at the, the, the planting dates or the April 12th, let's say. It's not – we're not too far behind. Even though there is a lot of work that needs to be done, I know the field conditions are not ideal, but you're not there to scare the funds just yet. So is it fair to say we could start to feel that panic or should start to feel a little bit of nervousness two weeks from now? If if we're at the if we if, if the producers out there sitting and we have not made very much progress from a field work to planning, uh, absolutely. I think that you, you start to change the conversation a little bit. Uh, I just don't think you're going to change that too much right now. But yes, two, three weeks from now. Uh, hey, we're sitting down here less than 10% planted in, in two, three weeks from now. I, I think the conversation must change. You know, sometimes it's easy to, to forget and look beyond the bubble that you're in. You see the wetness, you see the rain. I know that South Dakota had areas that got 17 inches of snow in the last 24 hours. Looking beyond that, you look at the eastern Corn Belt, even to our producers to the south. Do we have some possibilities uh, of getting this crop in the ground while we sit and wait? Yeah, I mean, the South is, they're, they're hitting, it, hitting it hard. But, you know, if you talk in the Eastern Corn Belt, where they, where they don't have the snow, um, customers out there, they've got rain. Um, they're, they're coming off a, a very wet fall. They're coming into a very wet spring. Uh, some field work has been done in East, not very much, just like the West. And in the parts of Dakotas, when you're dealing with the snow and in Minnesota dealing with the snow as well, I mean, it, it's, it's a difficult situation for them because this is really two years in a row now where the Dakotas and Minnesota-type producers have had delays, significant delays, and are coming off of Minnesota anyways, coming off of, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 bushel decreases in the corn. So you have to feel, you know, sorry for some of them, but it's just a tough situation to be in when Mother Nature is acting like it is. Looking at Argentina, their corn harvest is now roughly 25% complete. How is the price differential between us and them right now? Yeah, with with Argentina, a lot of our contacts down there um, have always reported back to us, even throughout the growing season for them, that their corn is, is very, very good. Um, the relationship with, the, uh, with Argentina, even Brazil, the Real, the dollars had a nice run here. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, and you know that's that's putting even more pressure, I think, on the U.S. export side of things. We're going to talk more about this China deal and what we should be doing in just a moment. More is coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Darren Fessler joins us with Lakefront Futures, we left talking a little bit about what was happening in Argentina from a corn perspective. What about for soybeans? What are we seeing from South America at this point? Yeah, as I mentioned in the previous segment there, I mean, Argentina is still going to have a decent bean crop. Um, you know, but you got to look at South America as a whole here and you know the world if you look at the whole picture on the beans bean complex we got plenty of beans around the world just like we have corn just like we have wheat um it, it really is going to come down to two things is we're, we're either going to have, have a, a, a supply disruption 
or a, a significant increase in demand in short order to really get this market to have some higher levels and that's sustainable over the longer run. Um, I, I feel that you know you you maybe get a, a week or two worth of a scare in this market, but then producers should be rewarding that just with the backdrop of of the bearish fundamentals and you know with our seed technology and the ability that our farmers do have out there to raise a crop we're the best in the world at what we do at it but it's something that is going to have to be rewarded on rallies until otherwise i mean yes we may get late yes may some of those final yields get knocked down but you have to go into the year saying hey if i get my crop in that yeah it might be a little late but if i get it in there and we have good growing conditions there's still that risk of lower prices in the future. Not wanting to jinx those producers in South America, but I think this is one of the, the first harvest seasons where I haven't heard a lot talking about the, the issues with, you know, the, the strikes and that kind of thing going on. It seems to be smooth sailing this year for them. It, it really has been. Uh, some of that could be contributed to Brazil's new president, but the, it really has been, uh, I've noticed that myself, it's been very, very quiet. When it comes to strikes, it's also been very quiet. It has not been a lot of weather issues, and usually that's something that is really the the, the talk of the conversation. Well, South America get too much rain, or they're not getting getting enough rain during a growing season. And really, all in all, they maybe had a couple weeks scare there, but South America's had a good growing year. Any thoughts on? And I'm sure it's way too early to even guesstimate on this, but have you heard any rumblings of of wondering corn versus soybeans when it comes to yield numbers? And we look towards the the upcoming reports. You know, it, when it comes to yield, it's, I think it's way way too soon to discuss yield right now. I think a lot of the talk right now is if we get to a point throughout this next couple of weeks, if we get too late, do producers switch from corn? intended corn acres do they go to beans and, and my thoughts on that is i think that if you are already planning on planting corn you're probably going to stick to corn unless it gets to a point where it's just not uh you know you're going to probably knock yield down to a point you might switch to corn but i'm still in the camp that um just because we are late in planting corn i don't necessarily think that that is going to uh drive bean acres at this juncture because for a lot of people, unless you're getting to that 80, 90, 100 bushel yield on beans, beans still pens, or excuse me, corn still pencils much better in a lot of cases. So I, I think you're going to get guys to push corn acres all the way up to those final planting dates, uh, if possible, and maybe a little after if it gets that long. But right now, I, I'm not looking for a huge, huge shift in, the, in, the, in those acres when it comes to corn and beans. Is the lower dollar going to have some sort of support and effect for our wheat complex? Well, the, the wheat complex, is we just have way too much wheat. And, and the, Kansas, the, the Kansas crop is, is, is looking good. Uh, what, what could be a, an interesting dynamic here would be the Dakotas and that spring wheat market. Now, if you, you know, if we can't get in there and get that stuff planted on time, or if there's a lot of prevent stuff that plant that's going on, maybe that market encourages some of these other markets. But right now, it, it's a tough go at it when it comes to the the KC wheat. You really got to be looking to be a seller of even the Kansas City or the Chicago wheat anywhere along that 50-day moving average where we found resistance before. Jump over to the livestock quick. Looking at the cattle market, it has been kind of sluggish. Is this the momentum we're going to see going into next week? 
you know the the cattle's had a nice day yesterday we we obviously had a, a little bit of down day but cash is hanging in there all things considered i mean this winter i mean a lot of producers know it has not been friendly at all to the cattle guy and you know it's it's one of these things where i think the market in itself it has calculated enough right now to put some of this weather premium back into this market like we had seen probably a couple weeks ago and what's interesting from a technical perspective on both the the june fast and even let's call it the may feeders you're, you're really holding some of these shorter term moving averages if, so for like uh june fat cattle i mean you're really starting to hold that uh you're really starting to hold that 50-day moving average and when it comes down to the uh the the five and the ninety moving averages and they'll feed her cattle you're really there as well all right sounds good what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you darren yeah call me directly at 402-366-0423 or they can find me on twitter at ddf alpha and that is the fontanelle final bell being brought to you by fontanelle and all the local dealers on the world radio network you're listening to the rural radio network